Greetings, beautiful divine people. You're speaking with the heart doctor today. And today I have a special guest with me. We will be speaking on how the need to control destroys relationships. I have a special guest with me. He's a Toastmaster of two years, believe and achieve. He's a law student who's starting school in the fall, Birmingham University. He's a father, a man of God, and you're going to hear from him and receive from him Mr. Anthony Dean. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate the opportunity and thank you for inviting me on this great podcast. just want to do a quick introduction. My name is Anthony Dean. I'm a Toastmaster. I'm fortunately been married for 20 years and, going, and actually got divorced, so I can speak a lot on relationships, and this is what we're talking about, right? Newly getting to the dating scene, this coronavirus has really had a, gave me the opportunity to really reflect and think about some things that really wasn't taught when I first got married or even started any relationship. But I want to take the opportunity to kind of talk about what I've learned and maybe you can kind of share with me on your own personal journey and some things that I talk about. If you don't agree, I'd love to hear from you. If you do agree, still love to hear from you. So what we're talking about today is very simple. It's the need to control. As you know, you know, Mr. Shea, that as humans, we're born in sin. And from the beginning of time, there's something about us ingrained that we have to control our situation. That's why we have so many problems with anxiety and depression. But if you look at it from a biblical standpoint, the very first thing that happened, going to back to the Garden of Eden, was about control. Eve took the, the proverbial bite of fruit and she said, oh man, I want to have my own control of my own life. That same sin is going all through all our relationships. Let's talk. I've listened to your your podcast before and understand you're going back in the dating scene. Is that correct? Yes. Yes, it's true. <laughs> and dating is confusing. It's confusing. In 2020, when it people no longer date, they no people no longer court, I mean, they date. And they call dating it. Something else, because the thing is, it's always attached to something physical, something, something tangible. And I understand the need for something tangible because we're humans. But the thing is, we don't have to do things in order to get to know one another. The way my belief is the way to get to know someone is to get to know their triggers, get to know who they really are, their family history. Are, Are there any mental this uh, behaviors that that run in the family if you have children by this person what will be passed down so i'm i'm looking to build and mm-hmm. i'm i haven't really met their person to really build with so it's kind of frustrating and i'm also divorced mm-hmm. and it's it's it, it has its ups and downs some moments i may be open some moments i may be closed currently i'm open mm-hmm. for quote unquote dating but the thing is it's still frustrating because the guys around my age they're not serious and I'm 31 by the way they're not serious they want to entertain different women etc 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 but the thing is I found guys that are older that, that are more established they've already went through that that playboy stage they've already been through that point in their life where they found their purpose and if you listen to my podcast, Intentional Dating, actually, my the the other person I, I 
interview Shantuan Brooks, he actually spoke on purpose. Mm-hmm. And if a guy don't know his purpose, then he will look for his purpose in other areas. Mm. And usually through sex, validation of uh, women, uh, in different things, or money, job, just those outside egotistical things, nothing mm-hmm. internal or no- anything spiritual. But I most definitely, I'm open to love. It's just that I'm waiting on God to show me who that person is. Thank okay. you. For All right. Well, you said a lot in that particular segment, and I want to kind of talk, use you as, as an example. Because mm-hmm. you, you've been married and you're dating, you got you had your opportunity to talk to a lot of guys. So I'm going to try to paint the perfect picture of a guy for you. Mm. And if I, you say yes, then yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's start out. You want to be trustworthy. Yes. You want to be loyal. Mm-hmm. You want to listen to you. Yes. You want to be excited every time you see you. Yes. You want him to, at night, just cuddle up with you and hold you and get painted. Get just pet him, right? Yes. All those great things. Mm-hmm. All that sounds good, doesn't it? It does. What if I told you you don't want a man, you want a dog? What? That's a joke. What? <laughs> well, that's a, that's a, that makes a lot of sense because but, but, uh-huh. the thing is, that makes a lot of sense. Maybe it's just a brainwashing Mm-hmm. of the romantic movie saying that we want a man that's like that mm-hmm. but you know honestly that's so crazy a friend of mine actually mentioned something about lists mm-hmm. and people usually women and I can attest I'm a woman mm-hmm. we have these long lists of things mm-hmm. that a guy should have and things like that but the thing is realistically no that guy would never have those things I, I on my list the guy probably have two things I'm like I'm going to dismiss him uh-huh. I'm never calling him again. Oh, he now he opened my door. Uh-huh. Woo, forget him. Mm-hmm. But I'm getting to a place where I no longer have lists. Mm-hmm. I have I have more of a list for myself, and and that for me is growth. I have a list of things that I, I need to achieve in my life and things I would like to to do and be. And as I and as I've been scratching off my list, the crazy mm-hmm. thing is I meet guys just like what I'm achieving for mm-hmm. my purpose and instead and, uh, and ladies instead of having a list of the guy or the things that you will tolerate and the things that you like about him have a list for yourself have, of, of your good and bad what you need to work on and once you once you begin to work on those things and scratch them off that guy will literally magically appear and you're like Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. As I'm, I'm going to school, I'm meeting the guy that's going to school. As I'm working for my doctrine, oh, I'm meeting the guy, well, just working my doctrine. I'm I'm looking right. to own my own business. Hey, this guy owns a business. Mm-hmm. So, honestly, ladies, we have it wrong. Romantic <laughs> movies have really tricked us. The guy would not come running at the end. I love you. I made a mistake. And you kiss and live happily ever after. That don't happen in real life. You need to make a list and really get a vision board and work on you every day. And once you do that, that guy will pop up in your life like, where did this guy come from? Really? Yes. Well, <laughs> you know, you said something important that I think a lot of times that we have got so ingrained by what we see on TV. Even what we've been preached to a lot of times mm-hmm. by churches, just what, you know, what makes that relationship work? What makes that perfect man? What makes that perfect woman? And it really, and what it does, it feeds to our inner, our inner self to control another person. Mm. If you sit there and wrote a list of all the things you want your man to be, all mm. the things that I wanted my woman to be, I, I realized one thing is all based on what I want to have. Mm. And that's the form of, say it with me. 
Control. Control. Even even our relationship. Think about it, how we how we approach God. A lot of times we pray. We say, God, I want you to give me something. If I am telling God for my request to give me something, that means I control what God does. Again, it's about control. I'm guilty of that. We all guilty of it because <laughs> it's the it's the original sin. I'm guilty of that. So let's go back to relationships, right? Let's go back to relationships. So I, I want I, I I use this. I tell this story. I I I, uh, I love I had love dogs. I haven't had a dog since I was living in the country, but I I love labs, and I had a lab. And, and I describe it as a relationship I have, and somehow you, some women treat me in. Had a lab named Cooper. Cooper's a boy dog, and man, Cooper, he loved me. Um, but the thing about Cooper was a boy dog, so I built him a kennel, mm-hmm. right? We know we put our dog in the kennel, and I gave him a nice dog house, and I make sure every morning going to feed him. But Cooper couldn't stand being in the kennel. He would mm-hmm. dig under. He would dig under the, the kennel. He would go up top the kennel. He would bite the thing. He would bite, break it loose. Some kind of way, Cooper had to get out of that kennel. Wow. And I, in my mind, I was doing, say, hey, I want to protect you. I don't want you to run to the road and get hit. I love you so much that I want to protect you. Mm-hmm. So what happens? Every time I come home, I would build the kennel up a little bit higher, a little more, a little stronger, you know, make the kennel a little bit stronger. Mm-hmm. Okay. Every day, he'll still dig it. So, so, so bad that I had to move the kennel from the ground. Then he dug a hole to get out of. That's how powerful the need was for the skate. And unfortunately, a lot of men have the same thing. Mm-hmm. You get a relationship with a woman. Y'all start dating exclusively. All of a sudden, she started looking at your Facebook page. <laughs> All of a sudden, she said, well, why you got to go with your friends now? What, why you got to do this? And so, so now she's doing it out of love in her mind. She's building the kennel. Yeah. Right? And there you are. You're fighting against that. Because, man, nobody wants to be controlled. Mm, yeah, I need you at home at six thirty. I don't. What about your job? You work too much. How many times you heard a woman say, "Man, I love my man, but he works too much." I've said that. Yes, he's yes. always gone. Because mm-hmm. I can't control what he does. Or if you ever decide into another relationship, I guarantee you're gonna say this. Why are you uh, why are you on Facebook so much? Mm. Or you gonna be oh, your, you gonna be your kennel around trust, right? Yes, we all do. It's, it's a natural instinct. But what happened was so what so just like my my man Cooper, he gonna always try to dig under it. He's gonna try to go over it, he's gonna bite through it, he's gonna sneak on Instagram. Because nobody can be controlled. Same thing for a woman. We do it to women. I uh I I was married to my wife stayed at home. She didn't have to work. Like oh well, how long how long were you? I was married twenty years. Twenty years. And do you so have any children? I have two babies, two boys. Okay. I have a uh sixteen year old and a nine year old. Okay. So the two boys have uh, the best, probably one of the best thing that happened to me. I, I'm very proud of them. But one thing I, I that I'm learning is that early on, I always thought that men were providers. I thought that my job was to make sure if I got, you know, blessed to have a wife or, you know, been in a relationship, it was my job to make sure I provided. Mm-hmm. So, hey, I pay all the bills, gave you allowance, all these things. You have to worry about anything. Not, you don't have to worry about a car or anything. But what happens is the natural inclination is this. Now that I do those things for you, the woman automatically thinks, well, now you control me. And what happens to somebody, somebody you think somebody can try to control you? You, a, you want to get away. It's a fight. Yeah. It's always a turn, it's always a, a conflict. War. 
a war. So it doesn't work. Let's look at some of the signs of toxic, toxic relationship. And I got them brought up here. Okay. And now it's about strictly about control. Mm-hmm. So it's 14 signs of a toxic relationship. And they're all about control and how you recognize it. Mm-hmm. Because listen, you're going to the dating world and eventually you're going to find that guy and you'll be like, oh my goodness, it's the, it's the dude. This the man, right? Can't wait. Can't wait. This the guy. <laughs> but I don't want you to make the same mistakes that a lot of women do and build that kennel. Because mm. next, you know, that, 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 that same dream guy become a nightmare because he's trying to break it loose. Let's start the first one. The first one said, isolating you from your friends and family. Now, there's nothing worse than somebody coming in and telling you, well, don't hang out with your friends. He's not a good, he's not a good influence on you. Or guys are generally say, hey, why are you going out with your single friends? Mm. We love saying that. Yes. Right? Or, you know, he's not good for you. She's not good for you. That's the very first thing a person do to control you. Oh, my gosh. They isolate yes. you from your friends and family. Because what happens is if I got you to myself, then now mm. there's an appendix on me. Yeah. You depend on me for every, for, your, for every bit of your eternal substance. Yeah. That's number one. Right. If you don't believe that happens all the time, mess around there and, and, and get popular and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Okay. Chronic criticism, even on small things. Now, I don't think guys do as, as much as women do, but you, you know, women. <laughs> I heard this comedian, uh, might have been Kevin Hart, one of the famous ones. If you run across it, he was talking about women have a way of saying little. <laughs> Break down everything in life, boy. What you going out with your little friend? You going to your little job? <laughs> Make a little money. That little, 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 that, that little, the way you said little, mm-hmm. you didn't say that bad. It wasn't anything bad, but boy, you put that little on it, buddy. That, that's a whole, put a whole new spin on things. <laughs> yes. Right? Yes. So it's that little, small, the small little critique. Because now what happens is, you're like, man, why you can take me? After a while, you you know, you go about along, along the way, you never think about it. But after a while, it kind of breaks you down. The actual art, uh, this is out of Psychology Today, by the way, so I can't tell where I'm getting this from, but they said, in fact, someone might try to convince themselves that their partner criticism of them is warranted. What happens is, after a while, you start trying to improve yourself. You know, you try, you try, to, you try to keep on, because I need your validation. What happens you need a, you, you need a validation from another person? Usually, you, you it's almost as if you looking for self worth in that person mm-hmm. and then and value in that person mm-hmm. and you worship them because worship actually means a founding value in something or uh, in mm-hmm. see or thing and usually as we're supposed to be worshiping God What's we're not we're not supposed to be worshiping any anything outside of God but mm-hmm. when we when we when we're looking for others to validate us mm-hmm. that's what usually happens and if I can. Just chime in a little bit mm-hmm. on Come that. On. That's what, what you're saying with that. It's something that it's a guy on YouTube, RC Blake Blake's Jr. Mm-hmm. He actually has spoken about the, the enslavement of women. Mm-hmm. And and uh and the thing that he pointed out was that men are trained to manipulate women. Mm-hmm. And he was saying in uh in a sexual and an emotional way, as well as uh spiritual way in some senses but he went the way he broke it down i can't really say it the way he said uh say, have mm-hmm. said it or that i heard or received it but he pretty much mentioned as a young man he used this example uh-huh. as a young man when you begin dating 
or when you get mm-hmm. of a certain age, mm-hmm. and maybe you can attest to it because mm-hmm. you you are a man, mm-hmm. and and let's say you see a girl you like, right? You have that uncle, you have like you have a uncle or a store owner, any any man, older man will always pull the young man to the side <laughs> and give him tips mm-hmm. on how to get that woman, right? But it's never how to take care of that woman. It's always in a way. And this, I'm just paraphrasing mm-hmm. how to get her, mm-hmm. how to get her attention, mm-hmm. how to get, how, how to get her in bed, mm-hmm. how to get her mind, how to, how to, how to listen to her, how to uh, emotionally attach yourself to her, even though you're not. Mm-hmm. And m- young men, even, even from the age two, three, four, five, you're taught this. Mm-hmm. And as you grow older, you grow into this. It's just almost. It becomes habitual mm-hmm. that and easy to go. Hey, I can talk to this type of woman. And the more women you talk to, the more experience you have. Mm-hmm. So by the time you you begin dating mm-hmm. a woman, you have all these tactics in your head. Mm-hmm. So it's easy to get to her. But if it's a woman that you meet, and, and he talks about queenology and kingology. But if it's a woman you meet and it don't work, it makes you wonder. Like, hold on, this don't work on her. Mm-hmm. Because certain women are not built the same way the other women, the little girls that you've been dealing with. But it it pretty much goes on that. And women, as as a, as a woman, and he acts talking about queen, queenology as well. As a woman, we have to be aware of those tactics because if a man will listen to you, if a man will spend time with you, if a man will spend money on you, if a man will actually show a valid support in whatever you're doing, you will perceive it in your mind. And this is how he breaks it down. Mm-hmm. Oh, usually a woman, and I've done it, and I still do it. You perceive in your mind, this man listened to you, this man spent time with you, this man taking you out, this man is looking you deep in your eyes, if this mm-hmm. man, even this, if this man is having, uh, having sex with you, mm-hmm. if this man is liking your Facebook posts, if this man puts you on Facebook, if this man is, is pretty much proclaiming to the world that you're his, mm-hmm. of any ownership, and that's funny, he mentioned ownership, mm-hmm. the, the validation, a woman will find herself uh, more validated through ownership of a man. And he actually speaks on that too. But he actually goes deep into it. But just check him out on YouTube. R.C. Blakes Jr. Okay. He asked queen, Queenology and Kingology. Okay. But that's that actually spoke to me in a deep way. Because when it comes to me as a growing goddess. As a growing, growing queen. And it's certain areas I'm still I still have to work out. And I'm still asking God to help me with but I realized the tactics now. And it's almost similar. It's almost in every guy. I'm like, this guy just did this. That guy the same. He did the exact same thing. And the thing is, when you're certain, when you have a certain mindset and mm-hmm. you know that your worth is in God, you won't need validation from those people. They won't be able to control you. Okay. And those tactics won't work. And usually, and as a woman... Who, who who's dating or who's actively going out on dates, I realize that every guy uses the same tactics. No guy is unique. And usually it's a control thing. And if they can't get you in bed, then they try with money. They can't try with money. They try, just say you don't have a car. They try, they try to help you out some kind of way. They can't help you out. If they can't give you money, sex, or anything on the external, then they ghost. They go ghost and they leave or run. 
So usually those are men. Those are not men. They're boys. Well, let, let me just say that. And yes, yeah. I, I actually taught, you know, I used to teach men's class on this very thing. Um, yes, there is a cultural ideology. The more women you have, the more of a man you are. Mm -hmm. That's been taught from the beginning of time. You can go through any biblical thing. That's how you measure wealth as a man by your earth, your possessions, earthly possessions, and what you name and create. That's how you define yourself as a man. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things you got to look, and as men, we, you know, I will tell you, there is some work to be done on that. There's some work to be done because you, let's not judge our young boys or, or based on how many girlfriends you got. Got a little girl, you know, anytime, I remember my uncle used to come to me all the time and say, how many girl, who's your girlfriend now? How many girlfriends you got? Right? And we mm -hmm. take that and go, wow, I got 10, you know, whatever it may be. Right? And so we do validate that. However, let me caution you on this. What you just said what kind of opened my eyes is one thing. Why are all these books and these teachings creating such an adversarial relationship to man and woman? Mm. You just yourself went through a whole thing of tactics. Tactics is a way, main way, a way of warfare. Mm. Yes. So yes. if if you always at war mm -hmm. against a male, how can a male ever approach you? At what point you can't build somebody you warn against? There's no building if you warn against somebody else. The Bible says, "How can two?" go together is to agree how can mm -hmm. i agree with you if you think i'm gonna try to do a tactic exactly but the thing is that's that wasn't that wasn't that wasn't my tactic that, that wasn't my way in the beginning because when i first began to be open, more open and mm -hmm. accepting dates and going on them i've always been the one hurt on the end mm -hmm. and it's because i always went in very naive and mm -hmm. oh my this guy he cares because he mm -hmm. opened the door and and i always end up on the hurt side. Mm -hmm. And he goes ghost. Uh -huh. Don't hear from him a year, eight mm -hmm. months, come back. Take me, I miss you. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, because it's so many, it's so it's so many things against me now, I have to I have to be aware. I don't play games with them. No. I don't play games. But I'm more aware mm -hmm. of the tactics. Mm -hmm. And I recognize the tactics. I don't call them out like, oh, you're doing this. But I just let them in a, I hate to say it this way, but I kind of let them hang themselves. I that's not the best analogy, but I I let them really m mess up the situation for themselves. <laughs> I I'm there. I'm supportive. I call. I text. Mostly call, and mm -hmm. I'm there in every way on the emotional level, just non no no physical. And mm -hmm. I make I I make sure I put that on the forefront. No sex. Mm -hmm. And as soon as I say no sex. 90, 99.9% .9 of the guys are not there. Their 1% may stay out of possibility of sex. <laughs> so, <laughs> now this is not, it's off the subject, and I want to get back onto the subject of control. But, and, and sex is part of control. And, and sex is part of control. Mm -hmm. let's, let's, let's not, let's not, you know, let's, let's not gloss over that. Uh, you know, sexual intercourse, you know, is part of a man conquering that female. And it's like, but let's not confuse the fact it's also a way of a female conquering a man. Mm -hmm. So that you know that you know let, let's not let's not blame each other. Let's not become adversarial. But you know, I will tell you an old family. You probably heard it and said, "Listen, I don't know how to fix it, but I know it won't work." Mm. A lot of people will tell you what won't work, but they don't tell you how it will work because they never figure that out. 
There is no, there, there is no magic bullet. There is no, no formula to say, if I do A, B, C, and I get E. Wow. The only thing you can do is do A, B, C, and hope that E works. The moment you start adding things up, the E will never come. So, so here, here we are. You, you look at any place you go into it, you sit down for dinner, and automatically you have your guards up. It's, and you know, I'm I, usually open though. Are you, are you, I'm usually open. Well, based on what you just talked about, mm -hmm. right? You I'm aware. Say, I'm let, aware. Yeah, aware, right? I'm aware. But so, I'm so let me let me give you a different way of looking at this, right? Mm -hmm. I actually spent some time in therapy myself for anxiety okay, and, okay. and depression, right? Okay. And, and one of the things that, works. That, my, that my therapist said was there's PSTD, you know, post traumatic syndrome. Mm. Little D's and small big D's, right? Mm -hmm. Big thing, big things happen in our lives, and little D's, right? Yeah. Big tra tragedies. Well, what happens is our mind, our body, automatically builds up a defense mechanism. Wow. Based on what you just talked about, I'm mm -hmm. gonna take your own words, right? Mm -hmm. You go into you say one thing, you says, "I let them hang themselves." Mm -hmm. I'm aware of what they're doing. Well, if you're always aware. You'll, you'll been, well, you probably not, but one thing about, if you notice any kind of person who's ever been in a battle, they're always tensed up. They're always ready to fight. Yes, I'm around with people like that. They're always ready. They're always tensed up, ready, looking around. I'm, I was like that. Always ready for the next shoe to drop. Well, if you're always fake, ready to fight, eventually, if you got your, your fist always balled up, how can you ever proceed? If you are like this, how can you ever proceed? I, listen, I don't, you know, again, I don't say I know all the answers or I just know what won't work. You brought about a good point, though. And and that's on the subject of that, since we're speaking on defenses. So when do you know to drop your defense? Because the last guy I was the last guy I was even semi involved with, mm -hmm. this guy always had a scar up. Now, mm -hmm. I would say. 95, no, 95% of the time he had his guard up and I'd never met the real him. Well, here's the deal about this, right? And me too. I've, I had my guard up like a good, I would say 50% and his was 95%. <laughs> okay. So now y'all are 150% yeah, together, 145% yeah, together, yeah, right? Right. So you, ain't no way that works. Exactly. There's no way. It's like two magnets. They're pushing together on the same part, they're going to continue to push each other apart. Exactly. So what happens is, you know, we used to, back when they did corporate gatherings and leadership things, right? They had this, they had this consultant come. Mm -hmm. And the consultant said, hey, push your hand up. They had two, two partners face each other. And they said, they told both partners to push against each other. Now, of course, you're like, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. But here's the, this, is what the, this is the end of the end result. As long as two people are pushing, each one push it. That's how conflict works. Because conflict happens when both people are pushing. Mm -hmm. Also, one of the one or two have to stop pushing, and the conflict goes away. Wow. So what I say is this, and I, you know, I, I have made a conscious effort myself to do this. Stop pushing. Mm. What would happen? Just, 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 Fanta, We know that uh, been on your guard. Wear you down mentally, give you gray hairs, oh, that's <laughs> make make you stressed out, make you afraid, mm -hmm. right? And you already know that there's no there's no end result of that. We already know that road. 
Mm-hmm. We already know where that leads. You just talked about it. You talked about all the end roll. You've been like this. You know what the end result is. And you know what happens. You know mm-hmm. heartbreak comes. You already know that road. So what mm-hmm. would happen? Just thinking to go down a different road. Hmm. What if I, you know, back to the, the conversation, we didn't get, we, we're almost at a time we made number four. But what if we just went to not controlling somebody? What would happen? That's that's interesting. Yeah. What would happen if, you know, and, and and this is for another time or to our part two, I guess. But what would happen if we keep going, son? If if just in case, just in case, we say, hey, instead of me controlling what you do, I'm gonna let the candle down, and let you roam free. Now I'm gonna tell you about my second dog. Mm, okay. I had a dog named Coco Bell. Okay. Coco Bell was a girl. Okay. I said, I because Co- Cooper ended up dying in that cage. I said, I'll never put another dog in a cage or on a, or on a, on a, a leash or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Them, we live in the country, so you can do it in the country. I'm just putting that out there for you. But I let Coco Bell live. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, every evening, Coco Bell will be on my doorstep. I don't care. I can work nine hours, 10 hours. She'll be there waiting on me. Now, I don't know what she did during the daytime. She could have been in the neighbor's house. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> but every evening, Coco Bell was there waiting on me. Wow. She she was happy. She had babies. Coco Bell, Coco Bell lived a longer life. Lived a happy life. Now, if you don't laugh, she's a big dog. So big dogs tend not to live as long as smaller dogs. Mm-hmm. However, what we're saying is, if the end result is to live a happy life. Because at the end, at, at the end of the day, that's all anybody want to do. Mm. Nobody ever said, well, I want to be miserable. Right? Nobody, Because what happens, nobody ever said, I want to build this life and live this life to be miserable at the end. That, you know, you bring up a good point. If the end result mm-hmm. is to be happy, then what would happen if you just let me free free? Take your lease off. You know, that really brought, brought me to a really good point. What age was you when you got married? Ah, good question. So I was twenty. I got married in two thousand four. So that means no, no, no. I take two thousand. I got married in two thousand. So that I'm forty. I just turned forty five. So I was twenty five years old. Okay. Um. Now keep in mind, I done a whole bunch of living before I got married. I've been on my own since I was seventeen. Um. I I was asking because um, I was nineteen when I got married. Mm-hmm. What if? And this is just a. This just came to mind. What if, what if the reason for the kennel uh, control mm-hmm. aspect maybe because we didn't know how to control ourselves? Exactly right. Well, you get, and again, I have no idea. I've argued. I've argued with people at this point in time. I've heard different arguments and different points of views. But when you get married at a certain age, and you don't really know your purpose in life. You would tend to try to control the person. And I've learned that because I got married when I was 19 mm-hmm. and technically it will be 11, 12 years now. Mm-hmm. We was together for eight or nine years. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to, I think eight, eight or nine years. And it's been three years since we been. Whatever, whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah. So what if the reason for us learning this, just like you're, just like with Cooper, you learned Hey, he died. He uh-huh. died in the kennel. Right. Now with Coco Bell, like, hey, she had baby, she's happy. What if I, I what if our next relationship 
will be a thousand times better mm -hmm. because of what we've learned. Oh, oh, that goes into, I'm so sorry. I, I can understand this. And this is something that, you know, again, I, I have the benefit of teaching quite a few men books, um, book just catered for men. Matter of fact, your guest talked about the Series 33 series. I've actually taught that one. What? Yeah, I've actually taught, I've taught that one. Mm-hmm. Um, during doing such a small group in there, so I love to talk to Shout him about that. Shout out to Shantron Brooks, yeah. yes. So, so yes. he got a lot of. He's in series one. By series three, going to get really good. But one thing I have would tell you, age is not a one thing. Is age does not determine maturity. You can only, <clears throat> and the thing you talked about is what if we didn't know ourselves? That's a hunt. You you hit the nail on the head because we're raising ourselves. You have a whole generation of kids of men and women. Who, who goes out and don't know themselves. Mm -hmm. The world has changed so much, but we didn't keep up emotionally or spiritually. Mm -hmm. And so now we're just trying to keep up. When I, when I got married, and they'll forget it you know, to this day, I literally sat in that room, me and my wife, my ex-wife, we had a conversation. And our conversation wasn't about, hey, let's build a life together and be happy. The conversation was about don't cheat on me. <laughs> you know, don't, you know, because we didn't know, we didn't know, we didn't know any better. That sounds like me. We didn't know any better. Because the first thing we say is, hey, don't, don't give away what's mine. Mm -hmm. We talk like about ownership. Ownership. We talk about possessiveness. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is the man said, I would never do that. And so he goes into his whole wheel. He uses all his strength, all his willpower. And it's not that we we horned dogs or trying to get with this and all that, but what happened all of a sudden the kennel was built. Right then. That's the kennel. And so what happened is you got a kennel, the first thing you're gonna do is what? Just like Cooper, like my, my dog Cooper, gonna try to dig out of coop. I gotta dig out of that cage. I don't wanna be controlled by it. I don't wanna be controlled. So back to your thing. Have you learned from maturity? Absolutely. You do not get stronger by not, you know. You know, that's one thing about scars. Mm -hmm. Do you know that scars are the strongest piece of skin on mm -hmm. your body? You know that. Because what happens is, when you have a scar, it heals up stronger. Same thing with heartache. Same thing with anything you go through. You know, you look at, though, that maturity standpoint. If I had known what I know now, man, yes, my life should have been better. But you think, But you didn't know that. No, nobody, no preacher knows that. You can go get all, you know, <laughs> it's back in 2000 before the internet. You didn't, <laughs> mm -hmm. you didn't have the, the benefit of being able to look these great books up. You know, you, know, you go to. Auto, uh, auto books. Uh, none of that. It's auto books on YouTube. None of that. None of that. None of that. None of that. <laughs> Keep in mind, none of that. <laughs> right? Yes. I'm, I'm a certain age when I remember before text. So, you know what I mean, <laughs> none of that was going on, right? Yes. So, you go, you get a book, you go to Books A Million. You know, one on Amazon. Yes. Well, not that, not that, right? But so, in order to get information about how to be a man, you went to an older man. You went to your father-in-law, or you went to your dad if you had a father, or you went to my who's older. My father's still alive, yes. And then what happens is he give you his benefit of knowledge, but he don't tell you the whole story. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. So this is what they give you, right? This is what. They mm -mm. <laughs> This is what, and, 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 uh, and this, this, any guy who listens and go, yep, this is what they give you. So, babe, one thing you got to do is take care of your family. A man who don't work, don't eat. Yes. So, that's the best you heard that. I'm going to get a job. Got that. I'm going to get a job. I'm going to work. Second thing is, you always make sure she feels 
those tactics you talked about. Mm-hmm. Make make sure make sure you feel like she's the only one. Oh yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Go do that. I got you. I'm gonna do that. So Valentine's Day and birthday, you celebrate that woman. You do these things and you make her your idol. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, here's the deal. They don't tell you. It's some things they left out. They didn't know themselves. The longer you're in this cage, the more you want to get out. That's that seven-year itch we talked about. Mm-hmm. Right? That's that seven-year itch. And also, you have to be a man first before you can take over, before you can make a woman be who she needs to be. Your job is not to, I'm going to say it like this. My job is not to so much take care of you, but it's to nurture you be the person you need to be. Mm-hmm. And men didn't talk about stuff like that. Not, not in that time, right? They, yeah. All we talked about is make sure you take care of home. Make sure the lights mm-hmm. stay on. And you went out as a hunter to do that. Yeah. And the moment you didn't feel appreciated, the moment you, you, you come home and dinner went, you know, I, I don't say dinner went cooked, whatever it may be, wherever it was, right? Uh, uh, clothes wasn't washed. Clothes wasn't washed. I remember my ex-husband, oh, yeah. I was a stay-at-home wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a stay-at-home wife and a military wife for eight years. And I remember, as if it was yesterday, and it, I, I still have fresh feelings dealing with this. I would actually take care of both children, mm-hmm. and I will, and and within taking care of two children, I would I would actually make sure any any appointments he had was scheduled, mm-hmm. any doctor visits. I actually made sure. Dinner was on the, uh, dinner was on the stove. Mm-hmm. I also made sure I was ready for him at any point in time, <laughs> as well as I organized all of his military things. I mm-hmm. literally slaved for this man. I was actually not. I, I wasn't in the house ninety nine point nine percent of the time. I was. I was. I was going to cleaners, making sure his uh, class A's and uh, class class B's uh, were. Where they was, make mm-hmm. sure his plaques, make sure everything was where it was. I even went so far to sh- like when when he went to bed or whenever he was gone, mm-hmm. I would literally shine this man's shoes. Mm-hmm. And if you if, if you're ex military right. man, she, you know, she, yeah, you had to shine them. That's right. Literally his brown or tan shirts, mm-hmm. he wasn't keeping up with those. I would literally go out and buy three or four packs of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, those uh the the. The, the different kind of the undies that he had to wear with them. Yeah. I bought those. His socks. Oh my God. I had to constantly, constantly go buy socks mm-hmm. every, every two weeks. And he wasn't keeping up with those. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, he was going to school. Mm-hmm. I was actually making sure this man made, made sure that he had a schedule. I'm mm-hmm. like, well, maybe if you got off work and then spend this many hours instead of playing the game, mm-hmm. then maybe this, 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 and that. And I was actually macro and micromanaging my household all the while when he came home. And just because the clothes wasn't or wasn't folded, hey. And he would actually say, so what was you doing all day? What if I told you? Wow. It's two things I got to tell you, mm-hmm. right? And then we're going to. Make a part two because I do have a Toastmaster. Yes, so I gotta go. Oh, we can, well, we can, we can, uh, we can wrap it up here if you want to. I, we can, I, the, we I, can do a part two. Let's I, do a part I do, two. I do, I do want to do two things for next time, right? Okay. Thing one is you could have done enough. A person cannot do enough. I don't care how good a wife you was, how mm-hmm. good a man you were. Love is an eternal, personal thing. It's not interpersonal. Mm-hmm. You couldn't done enough, and y'all, and I promise you this. 
that is a sound control. And what you know you what? Did. I didn't appreciate him neither. He did. Right. <laughs> so this, I didn't appreciate him. Because the same man, thing. This man did so much. I. What, so that's called. It's called conflict. Yeah, I didn't, so, I didn't appreciate So what him. happens. So, so look at this. So, so this is the part we want. That's number one. It's, thing that, it's nothing that you could have done mm -hmm. to make. You can't. A person can't do enough to make another person love them. Mm -hmm. It just is. It's an internal thing. Mm -hmm. That's the first thing. Okay, eventually, you know, you go, you know, you start to say anything, right? You know, even though steak, even steak tastes terrible if you eat all the time, and you being vegan, even dragon fruit tastes terrible if you eat enough of it. There you go mm -hmm. for your vegan self. Part <laughs> two, one thing I did though, you get married young, mm -hmm. you became his mother, not his wife. Oh, so that that that's that's the <laughs> start part two. I don't that's part two. I don't need a mother. I need a wife. You know what? Thank you. This was a great and very insightful podcast. Thank you so much for dropping in. That's really uh, just, just spreading your wisdom. But we definitely will be doing a part two. Chime in. Beautiful, divine people. You are hearing from the heart doctor. Chime in each week. 